0: Hey yo, we about to tear it up. And, 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 yo. Break for break, break for break it down. <laughs> this right here is how we do it. Break
1: it down. It's a breaking natural podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the potty mouth of the South.
2: And my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the actual factual.
1: Chris, I am it's one of those episodes where I ain't gonna say too much. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let the uh the, the title of the podcast say <laughs>
2: that
1: just that, that's all that's all needs to be said. Like listen, we've got papoose come on the breakout po- like when, come when on. When we're talking about breaking things down to the very yes. last compound, we're talking mm. about an individual who's in, who is in the essence of hip hop. Agreed. Yes, agreed, Papus. agreed, agreed, agreed. Papoose is someone that we've known for a long time. He had a great mixtape run, amazing mixtape run. There was such a bidding war for him, I remember all of that. I was outside for outside, all of that. Outside. Um, and we got to <laughs> speak to him about his new project, the Endangered Species. Um, I've heard it. It's a great project. Um, Papoose fans will love it. Hip-hop fans will love it. Um, there's a lot of variety. The beats are great. His lyrics are amazing. He's got some great concepts on there. Everything you would expect from Papoose is on this album. So I'm really excited, man. I'm really, really excited.
2: Yeah, me too. Um, It was a good conversation. And, you know, I even got some some marital advice. Yes,
1: you did. You some, some relationship jewels. Yeah, I'm telling you, this this guy is a smart guy. And I, I wish him all the best. And he obviously has a real passion for rap. And I'm just glad we got to speak yeah, to us Yeah, get, let's get to it, man. This is Papoose, Breaking Atoms Podcast. Right. It's a Breaking Atoms special um, all the way from New York City, Brooklyn's own. We have a very special guest, a lyrical monster, heavily respected, never duplicated. Here's a new album out,
0: Endangered Species. We have
1: Papoose on the podcast. How you doing, my man?
0: Some of my brother, I, I don't know if I could live up to that introduction. I could try though, man. That nah, is <laughs> true.
1: Listen, the, the the thing we do with the thing we do on this podcast, and we've spoken to like OC, Mike Geronimo,
2: mm. Apollo Brown, like you know Woo.
1: we've got MC we spoke to Rob Markman. Okay. Right. The thing we're doing is about celebrating people who've impacted okay. the culture. And you're one of those okay. people. Um wow. so there will be moments where we stand out, not in a weird way, but it's just that we have no shame of going, hey, look, this is this is someone who's impacted the culture. We're talking to Anton right. Prushansky, who makes like breaking atoms and all that. Like, we just want to celebrate and document the culture in the right way. And you're a big part of that. Um, so we want to salute you right off the bat. Right. Thank you, brother. Right. Let's get into this, Chris. We're we got, we, okay. we got, to, check, we got to take it back. Let's take it back.
2: All right, yeah, let's let's take it back a bit. How does a young Papoose react to one of the greatest MCs of all time, Mr. Cool G Rap wanting him on his album? Like, how do you prepare to go into the studio with a microphone killer?
0: Oh my God. Yo, um, you know what? Uh, I was excited, you know what I'm saying? But my first reaction, you know, I was young and I had been rapping since I was eight years old. So I've been, I've been practicing, practicing, and studying and studying. You know what I'm saying? Studying G Rap, studying the greats, studying Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, Kerus One. So at that moment, I was just ready to unleash, man. Like, oh, this is my time. Even though, you know what I'm saying? Like, to answer your question, I, I was anxious to go more than than I was nervous. I was anxious to seize the moment, but I was happy, man, and overwhelmed.
2: Mm, 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 you did a good job soon after that though select records came knocking um and you turned down you turned down an eight album deal um when you look at when you when you listen to all the conversations nowadays about ownership um you turning down an eight album deal why why did you do that and do you have any regrets
0: oh you're the first person to ever bring that up in an interview man like you really did your homework (laughs) you really did your research brother
2: um, my, Sumit, my co-host, calls me the I call him the factual. actual factual. So. He is the actual factual on this podcast. Wow. Man. All right. What was your question again? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <don't know> <laughs> so Select Records comes knocking. They offer you an eight-album deal. So you you could have been in the company of, you know, Chubrock Rock. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. But you turned it down. Yes. Why did you turn it down? And do you have any regrets? Um.
0: All right. I'm, first, I'm going to ask you why I turned it down. At the time, I turned it down because... I didn't think I didn't think it was a good deal I know it was eight albums you know I didn't think select was a good label you know shout out to select you know i I got respect for them and all that but at the time I didn't I didn't think it was a powerful enough label you know music was always my dream since I was a youngin', like I told you earlier so I knew that if I got a record deal I wanted it to be with a label that I could be successful with and I didn't think that select was a good label now to answer your question about regrets yeah I regret it I wish I would have did it Okay. I wish I, but right. not for eight albums. I wish I would have, you know... Uh, then again, I can't say that because they didn't want to bend. So I was like, you know, I'm not signing for no eight albums. So it was a bad deal. But I wish I could have had the opportunity to put out an album back then. I think I would have been, you know, way ahead of the game because it took me so mm. so long to get my first album out, you know?
2: Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. But if we fast forward just a bit, you ended up on Violator Management. Yes. What are some of your fond memories of being over at Violator? And, and before we even do that, rest in peace to Chris Lighty and salute to him for all his contributions. Yeah, it's the right
0: thing to do. Yeah, rest in peace to Chris Lighty, you know what I mean? um, Condolences to his family. You know, one of my fr- fun moments being on Violator Records, um, I mean, management, was one time I was up at the office. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the book, The 48 Laws of Power? Yeah. Okay, yes. so in Violator Office, you never know who was going to come walking in there. So one day... Uh, we in the office and I see this guy coming in with glasses on, you know, and somebody said, hey, that's Robert Green, the guy who wrote the 48 Laws of Power. So to me, you know, that's a very notorious book because it, it teaches people how to be snakes. You understand what I'm saying? Like in actuality. So me and one of my friends at the time, we got up and we approached him and we asked him, let me ask you a question, you know, what made you write that book? Because so many people read that book, and they actually apply that book to their everyday life. I was like, yo, what made you write that book? And he responded, he said, well, I was in Hollywood. Everybody in Hollywood was snakes. So I, I had to learn how to be a snake to survive amongst snakes. And for me, that was just a big moment because so many people held that book in high regards. But I spoke to the author, and he confirmed with me that it teaches you how to be a snake. So that was a fun moment for me, mm. and, for me and Violeta. <laughs>
2: Oh, I, <laughs> no, that's um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. I, I am a, I'm a bit apprehensive of people who, um, you know, when you meet people and they're like, yeah, this is the book I read and I live by this book, and I'm kind of like, my spider senses go off, <laughs> right. Just a bit because it's like, all right, so I'm part of your little weird experiment you got going on here. Right. Now, let, me, let me let me step back a bit, yeah. It is. That's, back a bit. yeah that's a
0: really manipulative book, and I always knew that. Yeah. So, just so many people that I know who praise that book and they live by it. So, it was very interesting that the author told
2: me that it teaches you to be a snake. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Sum it over um, to you.
1: After leaving Jive, uh, I think Kay Slay said in the interview with Soh uh, dot com that you kind of ended up in A and R hell. So, yeah, guess question is: is what exactly happened, and what kind of fire could burn you in A and R hell, man?
0: Oh man, yo, um, I tell you like this, right? I was working real hard for a long time to get that record deal. You understand to get er- a record deal. Um, maybe about a year and a half. I'm talking about just with Kate Slay, Not everything else with G-Rap and all that before right. that. I'm saying, I met Slay and we worked for about a year and a half or two years before I got a, a, a deal. A bidding war was created. When the bidding war was, was created and I had Interscope, Def Jam, Jive Records, you know, I was signed to Violator and Chris Lighty was the president of Jive Records. You understand? At the time. So I had... Interscope bidding for me, Def Jam bidding for me, and I had job. But we say, yo, if Chris Lightning's the president, Job might be the best place because that's home team. Right. And all, also they offered me 1.5 million, it was the best offer. So we went for the for the for the biggest offer. And um, something very weird happened to me. You know, I received that we had sidekicks back then. I received a text message and a person a person said to me in a text message, they said, yo, Papoose, you know, you don't know who I am but I'm a big fan of you, you work very hard. I wanted to tell you that, you know, I was up at Jive Records and I heard one of the executives, he was ranting in the room. I'm not gonna say his name right now. He said he was ranting in the room and he was just so angry. He was saying that, you know, he doesn't give a fuck. You know, as soon as your first single come by, comes out, he's gonna make sure you off the label. So it was an anonymous text. You know, I looked at it, I kept it moving. Now speeding up to date, um, when I dropped my first single, it was featuring Snoop Dogg, produced by Scott Storch. Right. My single wasn't wasn't even out a week yet, and my deal folded. So I always thought back to that wow. to that text message. Like, my single wasn't even out a full week, and wow. my deal folded. Now, I'm going to tell you something else. Um, There's so many elements to the story and, and the buffoonery. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. You know, I got signed by the owners of the label. They reached out to me. And then me and K-Slay flew to California. We sat down with the, with the owners of Job, uh, Peter wow. Thea, and Barry Weiss. And the guy told me the reason why he wanted to sign me was because his son was a fan of Law Library. So all of the people at the record label, they were angry that I got signed by the owner and I didn't come through them. So they couldn't make no money off of my, off of my deal. They couldn't eat my, take money out of my oh, budget. Geez. They couldn't tax my budget because the owner signed me and they didn't understand how the fuck he get on the he get to the owner he get on the label. He didn't come through none of us. So right, everybody at the label was mad that I had the deal, and that was a and R hell.
2: To That's answer, crazy. That was, that was something. That's nuts. Yeah, that is nuts. So you you bypassed the whole system. Right. They couldn't eat for they couldn't eat off you. No. So now they're mad. They're gonna try and stop you from eating. They try to sabotage oh. me, man. And, and part of the
0: sabotage they did was when I handed in my record to, the, to these guys, we said, yo, give this to the owner, let him know this is the single we wanna go with. He fucking gave them another record. And by the time I ran into him, I said, hey, did you hear the record? He said, what record? I never heard it. You understand? So it was just a lot of bullshit they did to me. Um, all of the r and acts who was on the label. You know, at that time, a rapper needed an r feature. Right, feature. Right, and they would right. be good. You know, R. Kelly was there, Chris Brown, T-Pain, you know they was blocked, Joe. Joe. You know what I mean they blocked me from um, getting features with all the R and B cats on the label. You know what I mean the one with me and Joe that happened before I got there. You know what I'm saying so it was just a lot of a lot of buffoonery. But you know they can't stop destiny. That's why I'm here now.
2: No, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And you're you're probably um, still here. And some of those A and R's are kind of longer, <laughs> right? Absolutely. No, right. That was absolute A and R hell, though. I know it was a long story. But- yeah, you yeah. know, no, but that was <laughs> no. a great
1: story. That was a real good story. It's- <laughs>
2: It's all good, man. I don't want to ever end up in A and R Hell. Absolutely not. Um, I'm a lyrics guy, so I'm an MC as well. My favorite verse from you is the beast, Talib Kwali. Wow. When you kicked it off, knowledge is the founder of everything in existence. If you're not dropping knowledge, abolish because you're ignorant. Listen, I I was like, oh my. (laughs) And the way you did the way you did the multisyllabic flow for the whole verse, (laughs) I was like, okay. Wow. But there's a particular line on there. Mm That I've always, I said to myself, if I get a chance to speak to you, Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you. Mm -hmm. um, Breaking your physical, demolishing your spirit, the struggles got me thinking demonic and so wicked. Mm -hmm. What struggle are you referring to in particular? And what are some of those thoughts that were going through your mind? Mm -hmm. What was so demonic and wicked about what you were thinking?
0: (laughs) I love it. I love these type of conversations. Um, You know, I grew up in Brooklyn, man. And at a young age... I told myself as a kid I didn't need to do nothing else in life because one day I was going to be successful in music, and I, I carried my, you know, myself throughout my childhood with that in my mind. That's how much I believed in myself. So I had this mentality that I wasn't going to finish school, I wasn't going to, you know, get a job, I wasn't going to do nothing because one day I was going to make it big in music. And in the process of me thinking like that. It was so foolish and so so stupid of me because I ended up in the streets and living the street life, and I, I ended up in a lot of situations. You know, I lost people close to me who I love; they're not here anymore. So that kind of, you know, put a anger in me and made me furious. So that's why I said the struggle. You know, it put me in the struggle. That's why I said the struggle got me thinking demonic and so wicked because I lost my close friends to the street and I was just living a street life. So you know, that's mm-hmm. that's what influenced that line
2: no i loved i love that verse um that's one of my uh my go-to's because i love i love syllables oh okay and um i like when people can tie the syllables together but it don't sound forced right right and it just flows naturally and the way you did that kudos man thank you man um no all good man black love you're a big advocate for black love what do you say to the people who say love hasn't got a color Love is love. Like, what does colour have to do with it? Mm-hmm. What's your response to them?
0: I would say, you know, black out all ne- negativity and show love. You know, that's the that's the, that's the the meaning that, that they need to focus on. Black out all negativity and show love. That's, you know, another aspect of black love. But another aspect of black love is, you know, people push out a narrative that black people don't love each other. We hate each other. We hate ourselves. We can't have a, a solid family foundation. You know, things like that. We can't live in peace and harmony. So. You know, it's for our people, but it's for other people as well. And I want them to say, "Black out all negativity and just show love," and and embrace, yes, embrace I like it. That. I want them to embrace it. Dope. Because I love, I love, um, I love I, I, I love all people. Everybody know that. Yeah. You know, forget about it. I don't want to be like the white guy who say, "Hey, I got black friends." No. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I have you know some of my closest friends are Caucasian. You know what I mean? And we and we we best friends. So it yeah. is what it is.
2: No, I hear you. I hear you. It's a great answer. Back to the lyrics, though, where it started at with high tech. You said, punks pay dues, me, I pay attention, right? Now, t- this is twofold. In hip-hop, the theme of paying dues is a recurring thing. It's, it's one of the things I keep hearing, you got to pay dues. But you say, punks pay dues. Mm-hmm. What there's a bit of a conflict there for me, like <laughs> because I'm someone who believes in paying dues. What were you What were you really trying to say? Right. And are you against the whole paying dues thing?
0: No, I'm not against paying dues. But what I was referencing is in my neighborhood growing up, we got something called punk dues. Like, yo, you got to pay punk dues. So uh, if a guy approaches you and he challenges you as a man, and you back down, now he tells you you got to pay punk dues. I mean, every day when you come to school, you got to give me your lunch money or you know what I mean, okay. or, or you get extorted. We called it punk dudes. So that's why I, that's right. why I said punks right. pay dues, not me. I pay attention, you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> Got, <it>. Got <laughs> you, yeah, okay. Yeah. You learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the second part of that, you say, um, I pay attention. So from one black man to another, what is it that black men right now have to pay more attention to?
0: I think right now, black men have to pay more attention to their children because the children are the future. And if we don't pay attention and focus, we, we had our fun already when it comes in comparison to our children. So you have to put them first and focus on them and teach them because they are the ones who's, who are gonna carry it on for the next generation, you know what I mean, for, the, for the, day of the future. So I think if we pay more attention to our children, like if you look at police brutality and everything that's going on right now in America, you know, it, it's time for us to educate our children because that's the only way we're going gonna be stronger. So I would answer that question by saying our children, man, they are the future, and we have to teach our sons. Hey, if the police pull you over, this is how you should react. This is how you carry yourself. This is what you should not do. You know, teach teach mm. them their rights, and that way we don't have to get the phone call that the police shot your son down or something like that.
2: Right. No, so it's a it's a it's a it's good, good 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 uh, good piece of advice. I have some marital questions though. Sure. Right? So I'm newly married. I got married in December, and um. Welcome to the my club. My wife is very. <laughs> i'm i'm here man i'm here so <laughs> he's four he's four years too
1: late pat he's four years too late
2: <laughs> my um okay my wife love her to, love her to death but she shoots from the hip okay okay right? she told me how she told me she told me how it is and um sometimes as a man it's a bit uncomfortable even when it's the truth now i know your your wife is very very straight talking right and we love we love her for that mm. right we would never try and change her what what advice would you give me like how do i manage the um you know, the straight talking wife when she, you know, how do you how do you take advice without it necessarily turning into a bit of an awkward <laughs> conflict? How do we how do we deal with our brave and outspoken strong women?
0: Right. Okay. I'm gonna tell you like this. When you got married, you agreed to love, to honor, to cherish, you know, on and on and on, respect, everything is included in that richer for poor for better or for worse you know for sickness and the health to death do us part this is what you agreed to my brother so you put yourself in a position which is a great position that you have to live by your wedding vows so if your wife says something that you dislike for you to react in a negative way you're wrong because you have to honor her as your queen and respect her and take out the time to communicate with her and try to understand why she feels that way. See, your first instinct is like, wait a minute, who you talking to? No, brother, you don't always gotta react. Anybody else, I would understand if you react like that. But your wife, bro, you gotta give her a pass. You gotta put her on that plateau and treat her like your queen. And then, you know, you will start to see that change a little bit. Because they're on the defense, bro. It's hard for women out here. You got some men who are chauvinists, so women are more, women like my wife and your wife, maybe it sounds like what you're telling me, you know, they're up against a lot. So they gotta be strong women and they gotta carry themselves a certain way. Even with you, you like it took me a while to convince my wife, like, hey, I genuinely love you. I'm not one of these dudes that's gonna try to cheat on you and disrespect you. They don't trust men and we got a bad reputation. You know what I mean? So I'm saying that to say, say to you, bro, you gotta live by your wedding vows, man. You gotta honor your wedding vows. Treat, give her the past that nobody gets. That's your queen. You married her, bro. You took her hand in marriage. You don't have to challenge her. She knows her position. And the more you give her that love and you treat her like your queen, I'm not saying you don't already, but I'm just going to say, nah, you, you're going to get that in return. He, needs to, that, that's, that's
1: he my... needs to hear that, Pap. He needs to hear that, Pap. I'm being honest, he needs to hear that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: I'll be
1: trying to school that. No, like, like, my, my wedding anniversary, like four years, five years, four, four, yeah, four. Mm.
2: My wife's going to kill me. Four years, like a couple of days ago, he he mm-hmm. he got a
1: lot like you know, I keep telling him to chill.
2: Yeah, so I mean, listen man, this is this is why Pap, we um we don't just wanna talk about music. As great as you are lyrically, we believe that we're a part of a culture where there's so much life advice that we can share among each other. And one of the big the big benefits for me of community is like for example, I I, I bought my house a few years ago. And I looked around me, and I'm like, "There's no one I can go to for advice on this. Wow. I'm gonna have to kind of figure this out, yep. figure it out on my on my own, you know." Yep. Whereas, you should be able to, to to look to your left or look to your right and say, "Listen, I'm going through this, so I'm trying to do this. What you suggest?" You know what it is. So you know what it is?
0: You're elevating in life. As you elevate in life, you're gonna realize certain people who you can sit at friends and this, that, and the third. If they're not elevating with you, you outgrow them, bro. That's why when you look mm. when you look around. You have nobody to turn to for advice when you're buying property and things of that nature. And you find yourself, you know, with new, uh, you know, friends and things of that nature because they're on your level. Sometimes the people not doing, you know, taking life serious and doing certain things and making certain investments, you outgrow them, bro. Yeah. You gotta, no, you're right. You got okay. a family. You got you to gotta do what you got to do. That's not that, real talk. That's real fair. talk.
2: This, this, this turned into marriage counseling with Pat <laughs> real quick. So I was going to say like,
1: so like obviously marriage, there's one part of it, but then also there's must be fatherhood too. That plays a massive part in the way in which you, you can, the patience you have to have. I've just had a newborn. It's, it's, you know, you have to have a lot of patience. Um, yes. So I'm guessing that, that has, a, that probably plays a part too in your relationship with your wife and relationship with others, you know? So nah. so
2: that was some really good advice, man. Yeah, man. I like that. I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna share that. So mate, you have some questions about the new album.
1: Yeah, let's talk let's talk about this new album, Pap. So on okay. the intro of An Endangered Species, you say uh, murder with the ink like Irv Gotti, didn't get another pen. One take challenge, poor engineers, rappers always be punching in. Right. How has your approach changed? Has it always been you just punching? in, or at what point did you get to a point where you could just easily just do one
0: take? Or is that your approach? Um I don't like to brag because, you know, I like to be humble.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Here we go. Like brag, Come on. The rapper comes I, out now. Come on. So I'm going to just say this. You know, I studied the crap so much, bro. And I love it so much. Like, I, I'm a big fan of hip hop, man. If, if another rapper says a line that's dope, I will jump up and down. I will run back and forth. Like, I'm one of those guys. So I love this, this, this crap so much that... I practice and I'm to the point where I can go in the booth and I can do one take and I'm done. Wow. You know what I mean? I can do it, you know what I'm saying? Honestly. That's
1: dope. That's dope. Now there's um we talked earlier about the the Wire influence on a couple of tracks. So you got Stringer Bell's voice on Box Cutter, Cedric Daniels on the the joint produced by Primo uh, Working. Um just a quick sidebar before more before we get into more of the album. What's your favorite episode of The Wire or your favorite character? Cuz we're both Wire fans. We love The Wire.
0: Right, right. Um, I like string bell, to be honest, you know what I'm saying? I can't say my favorite episode, man. I just remember the dude Omar walking around with the um who was that wore the trench coat with the shotgun? Omar, that's Omar Omar. Omar, Omar yeah, coming yeah, Omar man, coming. Omar Omar coming, with Omar coming in and they, they screaming at <laughs> him, he come through with the shotty That's my favorite, you know what I mean, scene that I love to see on the wire, man. You know what I'm saying? How did you
1: how did you approach the features on this album? Because you don't really need to be, you know, your, your papoose. You, you can hold your mm-hmm. own on your album. How did you approach the features on this album?
0: Yeah, basically on this album, um, I didn't want any features. I wanted to do the whole album by, by myself. You know what I mean, that's why you, if you notice, my wife isn't even on the album.
1: Right, right.
0: You know, you know, she's been on my albums, but I, I wanted to do this one by myself. But, you know, as I started doing the album, you know, I, I got to a certain point where I was like, damn, I want to get a feature on this track. So um, Conway. Is one of the new artists that I, I like, man. One of my favorite new artists in French. You know, I'm happy to see his success coming from the DVD era back in New York to where he's at today. So, you know, we go way back and I just reached out to them man. and Conway was like, yo, hell yeah, I'll do something with Pat. man. He's a beast. You know what I mean? And I respect him the same way. So that was like glue. It came together like glue as far as that track. And that's the only feature I got. Besides that, I just got DJ Premier. He, he did some cuts on one of the songs or whatever, and that was it. And, oh yeah, my guy, my guy, Mel Stacks. He did the bonus track, which is tri- tribute. Yeah.
1: Um, the human body. So you say, you say on yes. like, the intro to about you know always want to provide wisdom. You've already given us. you already given Chris some marriage counselling. Right? <laughs> 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 but 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 for something like that where you're talking about the human body. What was the thinking about wrapping everything in just under two minutes? Just under, just shy of two minutes. So it was very quick. I was, I had to go, It was it the case of you just want people to go back and listen to it over and over again, like we did with cassettes? It was, you know, what was the point of doing under two minutes?
0: Um, Actually, that happened naturally. You know, I didn't intend on it being so quick, but I kind of understand why it was so quick. You know, I had to do a lot of research and I had to really study, you know, a lot to make sure I delivered you guys accurate information about the brain. You know, even though, you know, we feel like we know things, but you never could think you know it all. Right. That's when you stop, you stop learning. So I had to study so hard and be very precise. So I can understand why I came out so, so short, but I never intended it only being two minutes. But honestly, just it's so much valuable information and there's no fluff in there. Everything right, in there right, is right. all fact. Normally when people write raps, they put a lot of filler here and there. No, that song is Everything is valuable information. So that's what kind of made it short.
1: Yeah, it's like I sometimes think like I sometimes go to see theater shows, whatever, like with actors like yourself, you're, you're very, you're very deliberate in the words you choose. You don't waste words in your raps. And that's sign of a, a good footballer. It's a sign of a good actor. It's a sign of a good rapper. So it was very condensed. So I was just like, there might have been a, a reason to it. The other thing is I was expecting an, another part of Law Library. We got another I part know. of Numerical Slaughter. And I
2: thought right.
1: with with everything going on, Endangered Species, the things you're talking right. about album, why, why didn't you go with
0: another um, Law Library? I was, man. I, I truly, truly was going to do another Law Library. But with Law Library, you know, I kind of do it when I catch the vibe. Like, I don't like to force it. And the way I create, you know, I always go with my energy and my vibe because when I feel like when you try to force yourself to write a, a certain song or a certain vibe... A certain rap, it doesn't come out right. It has to happen naturally, and um, that song just didn't click for me. You know what I mean? So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to force it on that project. But my next project, guaranteed, Low Library.
1: Are you already working on one right at the moment, or are you just, just the? Player? Yeah,
0: well, well, Have well, you listened? if you pay attention to Low Library? At the end of each track, I introduce the next one. So the next one is already written in stone, which is Appeals. You know
1: Ooh, what I mean? And
0: okay. and I, I started, I started writing it. Actually, I just didn't nice.
2: finish it. Okay. Okay. All right. I've got one last question for you, Pap. Um, Okay, brother. This is something I always ask the hip hop heads. Top five MCs. I do recall a few years ago, and correct me if I'm wrong, you got Cool G Rap in there. Yes, absolutely. Big Daddy Kane? Yes. Who are the other two?
0: Um, Nas, Biggie. And you. Uh, well, I had myself in there, but I got so much um, criticism for that, I just stopped doing yeah. it. I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. Yo, Cap was on his shit, you know. He's like, "Yeah, me," but you're supposed to. You're supposed to. But yo, so now I just name my five, and I just say honorable mention. You know, Papus. Man. Okay, so we
2: got, <laughs> so we got, we got Kane, we got Nas, Cool G Rap, Biggie, and okay, honorable mention. And who's who's the fifth one? No, KRS One. Got you. So here's I'm K-S1. gonna be. I am to be devil's advocate from 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 the UK. Some people call that a uh, uh, an East Coast New York bias. Okay. Because you ain't mentioned no one from the South, and you ain't mentioned no one from the West Coast. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to stir up trouble. What's your answer to the whole? Man, you're just you're just supporting your fellow New Yorkers.
0: Oh, I love um some south. I love rap, rappers from the West Coast, and I love some rappers from the South. You know what I'm saying? It's not biased. Let me tell you something. With hip hop, man. Yo, I'm one of them guys who, I keep it strictly on skill, talent, ability, and the craft. You know what I mean? So, you know, you're not gonna impress me with with none of the the the, the other stuff. Hey, this guy <laughs> sold a million records. Uh, that's great, but he, he's whack. <laughs> that don't <laughs> mean. <laughs> I, I, as a, and I'm talking as a fan. I'm not no, talking I know, as, I know. Yeah, you're right. As an artist, but I love West Coast rappers. I love Snoop Dogg. Man, he his album impacted my life in so many ways. There's so many rappers from the West Coast that can rap. Are you kidding me? There's so many dope rappers from down south that that can rap. So I don't mm. have nothing to, nothing against them. But you know, um, New York is the mecca of hip hop. You know, we started this thing, so this is where the, the art form is the most purest. In my in my opinion, you know, everybody bigs up their city, and you know, you know how they be on it. You know what I mean? Everybody Yay. be on it. You know, you know they be representing their town. So, of course, I'm gonna represent mine. And you know, and people hate when when rap when artists say, you yeah, know, we started hip hop. They hate when New York people say that. Man. <laughs> yeah, I, can,
2: I I I mean, yeah, I hear I hear what I hear what if people say, are saying, but it's the truth though. Nah, no, but it? if you if you say if you say it as you
1: slam your
0: tims onto the ground they have even more. You know what I'm <laughs> and then and then at the end of the day, you know, let's be honest, New York hasn't been prominent in hip hop in a long time. So, just let us have our let's have that. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Let's, the- let's just
0: let, let's just hold <laughs> that piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good list.
1: It's a very good list. Yeah. It's, it's a strong it's, list. It's hard, and, and-, and and also with things like that, they're subjective, right? So it's it's the connection that you know an artist has made, you know, made you feel. So mm. it's it's, a, it's right. a strong list. Not mm-hmm. no,
0: it's not you can't. But doubt I want to say that I wanna say this, man. This is a statement and a question. How, man? Like whenever I'm talking to somebody from you guys' side of the planet. It seemed like y'all so much into the craft. Y'all respect the art form and everything. Like, how do I interact with more people from over there who are into hip-hop like I am? Like, I love the way, I love y'all attitude, y'all outlook, and y'all respect for the craft. I think, you know what I'm saying?
2: Um, I, think, I, tell you, I think, I'll tell you why I think that is. Growing up, so for someone like myself, I'm a church kid, I grew up in the church. So uh, guys, you you rappers from America were like superheroes to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So Wu-Tang, like, you couldn't tell me at one point I wasn't in Wu-Tang. Like, <laughs> right. I, had, I had a Wu-Tang name. My name was Larry Gambino. I was outside. <laughs> <Wow>. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> what happens is when I went to New York, I had a friend who went to New York and he told me how he saw all these rappers walking down the street. It's like you guys are just out there. So I think sometimes what happens is home takes you for granted in general right you ask some of the uk guys over here they'll say when we go to canada or when we go to germany or when we go to brazil we get so much love but home is kind of like well you know whatever but i I think because we have before the internet as well we had so much distance so we were hungry we were in awe we just wanted to soak up everything and we've always been Mm. an underdog too so for years the uk hip-hop industry is only really broken through in the last few right. years, we've had a chip on our shoulder for years. Like, how come these men don't work with us? Like, I've got a personal issue. Oh. like, I feel, I feel like a lot of US artists, and this isn't aimed at anyone in particular, treat the UK like a tour stop. Come oh. here, make your money, and don't work with us, and just go. And you know sometimes, what? sometimes I'm looking at him. I'm like, man, what I would do to work with, uh, and I'm plucking names. What I would do to work with a Master Ace. Oh, wow. What I would do to work with um, Chub Rock. I know we mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to work OC, with these people. Whoever. Yeah, 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 OC, yeah. all of these people. So we're in love with the craft just because we didn't have the exposure to it that other people may have. And the internet's brought things a lot closer oh. together. It's made it more accessible. Yeah. But we we love you guys. You guys are superheroes to us. Yeah, you, you shaped our lives <laughs> and soundtracked our lives, literally. Wow, the, wow the, only, <clears throat>
1: the only thing I'd add to that is that there's also something about the, the culture. So, the UK, especially growing in the 80s in the 90s, we have a big yeah. reggae influence. Reggae is a huge part of not only our culture in terms of pop music, but just right. generally our culture. And so, we resonate with it. Me, for me, hip hop was about our identity. I only, I love the music because I identified with what they were saying. And it wasn't just that it's cool. I, I started listening to reggae, actually. I started listening to reggae because I used to have all these, uh, where I used to live, like Jar Shaka and like Dub Plates and Roots Reggae, they used to have concerts there. And I've kind of found my way into into hip-hop through reggae. But we've right. always had this big influence of West Indian people and the culture loving reggae and then hip-hop happened. And then, like Chris said, for some reason, every time I used to go to, the, to New York, they would always think of like the UK and the London, especially as the centre of Europe. While geographically mm-hmm. it's not. But they just right. assumed it was at the hub and, the, and, and things. so to Chris's point about the tour stop thing there is an element of that. but then I also think there's a there's a cultural aspect of hip-hop and reggae it was it was a massive thing with that and then it just grew and and right. you got to remember that it was new. So in the 80s, someone like Tim Westwood right? so you guys know who Tim Westwood is he right. he, went, uh-huh. he went against the grain in that when he was coming up in in the 80s, all the DJs who were playing hip-hop went to house music. Mm-hmm. right so they were right. he didn't he stuck his course He's like, no I, I, i'm gonna rock with his culture and it just it just and also it's the there's the other thing i should say um is the voice of the voiceless right so see it like what chuck d said this is the cnn of the streets right that we right. don't go for the exact same things but we still we still right today we still have pretty brutality like harming black people and killing black people on the streets or locking them up and so sometimes in what in hip hop and the way it kind of resonate from the, from the beginning, we have a kinship with that. We have a kinship right. with the struggle. And for people like me, who is not black, but we just identify with it and we understand it. And we just, we want to be part of it to, to further the call. So on a convoluted way, I would say, I would say there's just to add to what Chris was saying was that. Right.
2: And what, right. I, what, what I will do for you, Papus, I'm going to make, I'm going to get a playlist over to you of some, um, seminal UK hip hop songs. Okay. and some artists there are some guys that I know you will love cuz I the way you rap
0: mm-hmm. I I
2: know what I know what you'll listen for so right, I right. will I will send you some stuff and in terms of interacting look next time you're over here in the UK hit us up man we'll do we'll do we'll take you out on a tour and we'll show you the spots and we'll we'll, we'll plug you whole, in. I
1: could do a whole PR tour for you bro like I used like I used to do blogging before this right so Mm -hmm. When people would come over, we'd go, right, we'll go to the radio stations. We'll do, we'll do Westwood. We'll do all the, and that, you just talk to the right people. And it's, it's like anything you go to New York, you've got to talk to the right people who connect you. And it's the same thing. You just, you just need Mm -hmm. to know who the right people are.
2: Where y'all at over there? Where y'all at over there exactly? So I'm in London. Okay. Because
0: when you at, yo, listen, man, I did a tour over there so long ago, man. I did Nottingham, Amsterdam, Sweden, Norway, yo. Bro, when I tell you this shit was crazy, every arena was packed, every mm-hmm. club, like, and they, you know, you guys love hip hop, man. Like, I love that shit so much because, you know, over here is not like that no more. Like, you got people who respect the craft, but not like you guys, man. Like, y'all y'all rock with it hard, man.
2: No, we, we, we do. And you may, I mean, Summit Genesis Elijah, he's one of our cult legends here. He loves you. Yeah, man. like oh, yeah. he was. He talks about you on the timeline. He loves. I'm, I'm sure he's gonna listen to this when it comes out. He, he, he loves you, and you, you still get love over here. You get, could, you can sell you get, out here. He get a
1: lot of love out of here simply because. What's his, what's
0: his name? What's his name? I wanna, I wanna check him out. Genesis, Genesis? Elijah. Who's he?
2: Yeah, he's a, he's one of our he's one of our big guys. I'm. Oh I'm, yeah. Serious yeah. lyricist. Cult cult following similar to yours, and he's been very vocal about how much he's a fan of yours. I pa- would we'll um, love to I,
0: check him out, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna we'll tweet
1: you. you now and tweet him in the same thing right now.
0: Okay, that's so what's up, man. I'm gonna do that right
2: what's now. Up. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up the interview though. Is that okay, Summit? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Before we before we wrap up, I just wanna big you up, Papoose, on the song you did with A G on the last D I T C album. I oh, loved I love yeah. D I T C and I yep. was in the Dominican Republic on the treadmill and I listened to mm-hmm. it and I ran for thirty minutes. I just want you to know.
0: <laughs> Wow, that's what's up, man. Thanks.
2: <laughs> I wanna hear some of your music too, man
1: we got you oh wow, oh, wow. i would oh, wow. love to now we, oh, wow. we, got, we 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 look we got you like i said we could put we could put something together to to give you a, a mix of old and new so we yes. can kind of give yeah.
2: you a. have got g- a confession to make though
1: Uh-oh. um
2: papus you you inspired a line on my last album i did a song called time oh wow. um, and in in the song i say um something about um whenever you start make sure you finish and make the ending Pay dues. Sorry, make sure you pay your bills. Pay dues and always pay attention. That's inspired me. Mm. So <laughs> that's yeah, what's just, that, that's just letting you know that. Letting you know, we'll, we'll, that, we'll that, get you that, some that, music. That. But Papoose, thank you so much for your contributions over the years. You are a you are a top tier lyricist. Uh, Hip hop wouldn't sound the same without you, and we just appreciate you. And as a as a black man as well, I love the fact that you are one of our positive role models. You're one of the people we can put on the TV, and you're not going to embarrass us. I love the fact that you exhibit patience and wise decision-making as far as we can see it. And um, right. we want to celebrate you and give you your flowers here. We don't want to wait till you're not here. You said it on now well, or never, man. You said it on now mm-hmm. or never, you know, you said that give the flowers to the people that are here. So that's, that's the
1: fact,
0: to. man. And I want to thank y'all, man. I want you to know that, you know, everything that you say that you see that I am, as far as, you know, the music and everything, I work hard, man, even in life. You know, I mean, as a husband, as a father, I work hard to be the artist and the person I am. So to hear you, you know, acknowledge it, it means a lot. And that's what inspires me. You know what I mean? From guys like you across the world, you know, who I never met in the flesh, you know, can show me that love. So thanks, man.
2: All good, man. And thank you for, thank you for joining right. us on Breaking Atoms.
0: No doubt. It's been fun. Yo, make sure you uh, tweet me so I can check the artist out and check my man out. Already done it. Already done it. All right. So I'll get the info on there. All right. Dope, All right. brother. Peace, brother. Take it easy. Peace. Thank Peace. you. Peace. Hey. Peace. Peace.
2: Well, that was uh, that was a that was a good one, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's it's, it's what we do, isn't it? <laughs> my, my British came out. Oh, that was a good one, wasn't it's, it? It's it's what we do. It's what we do, mate. That just
1: ended up becoming a conversation. So we had the yeah. questions ready, and that was great. And that just became a conversation with, as we would say, down the pub.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right? I feel I feel um, it was a very wholesome conversation, and I feel I feel better for having that conversation
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and um, like i said dangerous species um new project he's obviously working on new pro he's also working on new music this is uh i'm, I'm really i'm i'm super psyched bro like
2: i ain't yeah. gonna lie
1: bro i ain't gonna and, lie this is
2: and shout out to his amazing wife remy the absolutely. strong brave outspoken remy and more life to his, his daughter Reminisce. Just want Def- to say that.
1: Nah, definitely. And we got we to shout family. out. We got to shout out Matt. I always tell him as a joke. Uh, of we, course. I always say it as a joke as well. Like, you know, just to keep him plugged into the end. We're going to shout you out at the end. He's like, yeah, yeah, good one, good one. Uh, <laughs> but now nah, peace to Matt. Uh, peace to Snaps. Now we, we now nah, this was a good one. Look, I'm, I didn't say it to him. I just realized he was the first person. Pap was the first person I heard rapping over Michael Jackson beats on a mixtape. He yeah, like okay. man in the like he would have man in the mirror and he would just rap over it and it would just sound yeah. incredible
2: like his he, his air force he, for feared, he was, feared no lawsuit he feared no lawsuit yeah he didn't, he yeah, didn't he care, smoke
1: this is, this is a fearless rapper who has contributed so much to the culture and we got to speak to him
2: yeah man I I really enjoyed that interview and thank you and thank Matt Conway yeah at, um mac media promo for hooking it up i feel yeah. i feel good i feel good I i'm feel thankful
1: good. right so as always you can follow us on social at break the atoms twitter instagram facebook we're on your, every single podcast platform do rate and subscribe on apple share share and share we've got more episodes coming more to talk to more legends to speak to we've got a lost tapes on the weekend and then another interview chris how do you feel
2: i'm feeling good man i've got the um the 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 glow that cocoa that cocoa butter shea butter glow <laughs> that's what i have